You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending September 16th, 2016. Hello and welcome to the podcast, a weekly recap of the top headlines from the Daily Acquisition News. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. It was a bit of a slow news week, I suspect with everybody still getting settled back in after the short holiday week, not to mention Congress returning and starting their now annual arm wrestling over a continuing resolution. Cybersecurity, though, remains a common theme as various new tools and strategies are rolled out to try to bolster government networks' defenses against cyber intrusions. As part of this wave of activity, the General Services Administration's Federal Acquisition Service has introduced four new special item numbers for cybersecurity services on IT Schedule 70. These highly adaptive cybersecurity services encompass penetration testing, incident response, cyber hunting, and risk and vulnerability assessment services. These will be available for agency use beginning October 1st. GSA's Building Maintenance and Operations and Facilities and Construction category within the Category Management Initiative has received a best-in-class designation, the agency has announced. It's the first government-wide solution to earn the label, which is a newly established contracting and acquisition designation reserved for contracts and vehicles that meet rigorous OMB performance criteria. All federal agencies in need of facilities maintenance or single-service trade work will have access to the BMO, which will be delivered in zones. GSA aims for the contract to cover the continental U.S. by the end of fiscal 2018, and it hopes that the best-in-class designation will encourage would-be first-time users to give the vehicle a try. The Office of Personnel Management has selected four firms to support background investigation information security for the Federal Investigative Services, which will soon transition to the National Background Investigations Bureau. All four responding bidders received indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity contracts worth a minimum of $1 million over a five-year period of performance. The Department of Defense has opened a third location of its tech firm bridging Defense Innovation Unit Experimental. Austin, Texas is the latest outpost for DIOX, which has the benefit of offering not just a robust tech scene, but a lot of defense companies and local military population as well, including reservists. And Defense Secretary Ash Carter says he envisions the location as more of a collaborative facility for those different populations than its Boston and Silicon Valley siblings. The Austin location already has $65 million worth of contracts in the pipeline, Carter noted. Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy Director Claire Grady has released guidance on the use of Project Labor Agreements, PLAs. The guidance reiterates that the decision to utilize a PLA should be made on a project-specific basis for construction work costing over $25 million, where its use will promote economy and efficiency in procurement. Guidance contained in the memo addresses determination for PLA use, market research, and a review checklist. The Department of Homeland Security's automated indicator sharing capability is up and running and allowing private sector firms to share notice of potential threats. The agency itself has been sending indicators out for a few months to government and industry as per the requirements of the Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act of 2015, 
but Assistant Secretary for Cybersecurity and Communications Andy Osmond revealed the agency is also now receiving potential compromise indicators, such as IP addresses and domain names, and is working on increasing the types of data it can receive from firms. A commercial off-the-shelf product could provide a ready-to-roll solution to the Department of Veterans Affairs work to create an electronic health record system, according to an industry expert. Dr. Toby Cosgrove, Vice Chairperson of the Commission on Care and Chief Executive Officer of VA Contractor Cleveland Clinic, told the House Committee on Veterans Affairs the VA is currently wrangling 130 different EHR versions, and greater functionality than what VA solutions offer is our available through COTS products. Cosgrove suggested a commercial solution could also help VA resolve scheduling and billing issues, promote interoperability, identify areas to promote better veteran care access, and allow the Veterans Health Administration to link financial and clinical information. And finally, a quick review of this week's rules. DOD, GSA, and the National Aeronautics and Space Administration have proposed amending the FAR to raise the dollar threshold requirement for the audit of prime contract settlement proposals and subcontract settlements from $100,000 to $750,000. Comments on the proposed rule must be received by November 14th. GSA issued a final rule amending the federal travel regulation to clarify the regulations regarding reimbursement for ATM fees and laundry, cleaning, and pressing of clothing expenses. The final rule differs from the proposed version by not including ATM fees within the definition of incidental expenses, but rather leaving the reimbursement of these expenses as a miscellaneous expense up to the agency's discretion. The rule was effective immediately on issuance on September 14th. GSA issued a final rule amending the FTR by updating the exemptions from mandatory use of government contractor-issued travel charge cards to ensure contractors use them as often as practicable. The final rule contains insignificant changes from the proposed version that was published. The rule is also effective on September 14th. NASA issued an interim rule amending its acquisition regulation supplement to implement revisions to the voucher submittal and payment process to reflect Section 893 of the 2016 NDAA, prohibiting the Defense Contract Audit Agency from performing audit work for non-defense agencies. The interim rule is effective September 14th and comments may be submitted through November 14th. The Department of Energy issued an interim final rule to amend Chapter 109 of Subtitle C of the DOE Property Management Regulations to conform to the Federal Property Management Regulation and Federal Management Regulation, remove out-of-date government property parameters, and to update references. Both the interim final rule's effective date and the deadline for submitting comments are October 14th. Finally, GSA amended a Federal Management Regulation Bulletin clarifying non-discrimination in the federal workplace to correct a CFR part listed in the header from 41 CFR Part 74 to 41 CFR Part 102-74. The change is effective September 14th. That's all for this week. If you are a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can link to read more about any of the covered headlines on the same VAO page where you downloaded this podcast. Tune in again next Friday, September 23rd, to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.